heroes. I don't, in fact, I don't know if you can be a hero unless you are suffering some sort of opposition, right? Some sort of hardship. I mean, you, you make it through things that are really hard. And so I, I literally had some down. I know they're, kind of, they're just the ones that really hit me. Abraham Lincoln is a, an amazing hero to me. And I know it's just like, oh, well, sure, but seriously. I mean, when Susan and I watched the three-day, you know, it was like three days of PBS specials on Abraham Lincoln, I'm like, wow, the opposition that guy went through and and held held on to was just amazing. Uh, King David, David in the scripture, my namesake, is a great hero. That guy, it's unbelievable the stuff that happened to him in his life and how he remained faithful and he kept going through. Watch Captain America on Thursday. Anybody else? Yeah, dude, it was awesome. The dude had some opposition and some stuff he went through, but nothing was like last night with my kids. Susie was camping, so last night uh, I had my kids by myself, and we watched Megamind. Now, there's a dude who went through some hard times <laughs> and, uh, and eventually came out. So this opposition thing and this ability that heroes have to bust through it and to keep going and to make it. Now, here's one thing. I, I, I really believe this, and I, I don't know if I'd ever put this together like this, but I really do think that God, through Jesus Christ, wants to make every one of us a hero. I, I really do. And they're, and they're going to look really different. They're going to be really different. What they're excited, what, how you live your life, and, and what you do is not going to be anything like the person you're sitting next to. But I know that God wants us to be people who stand up for what's right, and fight for injustice, and care for those who are in need. It's just, that's what we want to do. And the reality is, though, to live that type of life, to live the life that God has called us to do, can be really, really hard. And many times we just want to give up, and as the Bible calls it, we want to lose heart. Or we actually don't want to lose heart, we just do lose heart. Let me ask, those of you who are actually Christians in here, if you're not a Christian, this will, hopefully this doesn't discourage you too much. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, how many of you at one point or another have just totally wanted to throw in the towel? Okay, all of us. It's crazy. So I don't know how you're doing here today. Um, Maybe some of you right now, you're just like, man, I'm just cranking with God and I'm excited and uh, this is awesome. So I just want to encourage you uh, to get out a piece of paper and take notes because eventually you're not going to be doing so great, okay? And this is when we can equip ourselves for those times that are really tough. Now, others of you in here, you're here today, and I think God drew you here today because um, you're not even so sure you want to follow him anymore. And it's hard. You're not feeling him, um, and it's just difficult. And there's no question that there's a constant spiritual battle for us to stay in this. Uh, this is we're going to talk about today, this race <laughs> of running with God. Okay? So I'm going to pray for us. Let's pray together. And, and here's the point. Um, you have an opportunity today, um, and this is what I've been praying for, to actually hear from God. I, I really believe you do. And, um, and I tell you, it's one thing to hear some guy's opinions or teaching. It's another thing to hear the voice of God. So let's pray, and you, as I'm praying for you, if you want to hear from God, tell him while I'm praying for you and open your heart to it, okay? Let's do it. Father, um, Every time we gather together, I am so grateful for the reminder that you love every one of us who are here, that our lives matter to you, that we are of inestimable worth to you, and that you know the heart of every person who's here right here today. 
And you know who needs to be encouraged and lifted up. And, and I just ask that you might do that today. May you come, Lord, and spur us on. Speak where we need to hear you. Encourage and strengthen where we feel weak right now. And maybe some of us have just actually quit running and uh, just need to be inspired today to get back in the game. So whatever it is, Lord, I'm, I'm asking by the time we get done that literally we will have heard from you. I know you're here. I'm just going to do my best to proclaim what you and I have sat with all week. And I'm just going to give it. But I'm going to ask that you might work it out in people's lives. And pray for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, we're going to be in the book of Hebrews today. <clears throat> so if you have your Bibles, uh, grab Hebrews. Um, my daughter's trying to figure out the, where the books of the Bible are right now. It's kind of fun. And uh, Hebrews definitely had to be in the Old Testament, right? That, but it's not. It's actually in the New Testament. So, uh, but uh, you can pull that open. If you don't have a Bible, we'll have some verses up here. But here's what I want to do today. Uh, the, the book of Hebrews literally was written because there was this group of people who were really struggling to stay in the game. They were struggling to stay faithful to God in their, in, with their faith in him. And so the writer of Hebrews came and he said, you guys, let's keep going. Don't give up. And in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, he says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. Isn't that a great vi- image? You know, because how many of you, your faith, it feels like that? You know, you're just swerving all over the place. You're trying to go down this path and just next thing you know, you're like, whoa, how did I get over there? And you, and you try to get back over here and, oh, and then you kind of are right in the middle for a second. And then you're way over here. And there are so many things that distract us. And he says, just don't, don't swerve too far because he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. That's what I want to do today. I, I'm hoping I can, that I can, or really, obviously, that God can spur you on today to love and good deeds. And let us not give up meeting together, which you haven't done. Good job. Um, as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. All right. So, Hebrews was written to help people Stay on the, in the race for the long haul. And um, the passage we're going to look at today is in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Fantastic passage. I, I feel like I know it probably to by heart because it's one of those I have to go back to over and over and over again. So if you don't know this passage, seriously, grab your paper and some pen and write down some of this stuff. If you do know this passage, then maybe God can refresh you again today with the encouragement from it. Okay, let's read it together. It'll be up on the screen if you don't have your Bibles. Chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and, uh, and we'll get into this, but what happens in the chapter right before, uh, many people have called it the Hall of Faith. It's just this list of all these people in the Bible and how they kept their faith with God. It's kind of like the Canton, Ohio of the scriptures. And uh, it says, uh, that was a football reference, by the way, sorry. Uh, Since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So here's here's the first thing you guys need to understand is that if you're a follower of Christ, you're in a race. Did you guys know that? You're actually in a race. And you don't have a choice. 
When you, when you found Christ, you know, that's what he actually invited you into. And now, can I just ask you, like, how many of you have never actually been in a race? Anybody never race at all? Okay. How many of you haven't been in a race in a really long time? <laughs> okay. You know, so I'm telling you, but when you're in a race, man, there's, there's something about that where you just, I know the, um, basically the Tour de France of Utah is happening right now, right? And you come into this thing. Can you imagine if there was a race, but you were just kind of wandering around? There's two things that are really important in the scripture. Notice that we're supposed to run the race that's marked out for us. The race is marked out for us. See, now what that means is, first of all, there's a finish to the race. And that's huge. How many of you actually have ever, like, jog? You went out for a jog and you just jogged forever and you didn't really have any determination of where you were going? Anybody like that? Okay, three or four of you. You guys are insane. All right? Seriously, those of you who can actually jog like that, who get runner's highs and all that kind of stuff, you, you just amaze me um, that you can do that. Because for me, if I'm going to go out and I'm going to run a race or if I'm going to ride whatever, I want to know that there's an end point. And one of the greatest things is we're going to look at here later today is the race that you're running has been marked out for you and it ends. There is a finish line. Okay? Now the second thing is the race is marked out for us and that means that we can actually know the path of the race. I, I remember I was up in, uh, I took a bunch of kids, uh, high school students one time on a, a backpacking trip up in uh, the Upper Peninsula in Michigan. And there were no paths. So we were supposed to make it to Lake Superior to the top, and there was no path to follow. But there were these blue diamonds. Anybody ever done the Blue Diamond Trail? Have you guys ever seen that? There's these little blue diamonds, and all they do is they hammer a blue diamond on a tree, and you find that, and then you know that you're on the path. And then as soon as you pass the blue diamond, you just walk and you're like, okay. And you literally are just looking around. In fact, uh, it was so fun because the people who led our trip never actually led it. Every morning, they trained two students on how to lead the trip and the kids led our day. And one day, next, it was like an hour and we're like, has anybody seen a blue diamond? They had totally missed them. And we were out wandering around aimlessly. And I know that some of you right now, in your walk with Christ, in your walk with God, in your pursuit of God, you feel like you're wandering aimlessly. But the truth is, there is a race, and it's been marked out for us. Now, I started thinking about this, and I've never, I love this passage, but I never thought about it at this point. What is the race? What is the race? You, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, are in a race. And sometimes I think we read that passage and we go, okay, I've got to run the race. What's the race? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm running it. I mean, how frustrating would that be? Anybody, what would you say the race is? Anybody want to take a stab? Life? It is the race of life. Okay, but here's, here, here's what I think it is. I sat with this for a while. How do I define this? Here's what the race is. The race is you are now living a life that's united with God. You are now living a race that's united with God. See, now everything's changed because basically there's two types of races. Jesus called them kingdoms. There's two types of kingdoms. One of them is you do whatever you want to do. You try to figure out what's right. You follow your heart, your own desires, and you live a life looking for, for significance, looking for fulfillment, 
looking for all the stuff for your life, and you're the one who's got to find it. And what's really crazy with that is there's no finish line to that one. Because eventually you get something and you realize, well, that, wasn't, that was good, but now that's not enough. And you keep searching. And it's a life that literally is centered around you and your pursuit to try to find your own happiness. Talked about this last week a little bit. Okay? What happens is Jesus Christ came to rescue us from this aimless wandering of trying to fill our hearts. And he said, instead, I am going to bring you into a new race. And here's the race. You get to run through life with me. You now run through life with me. I was thinking the last race I did was this summer. I did a three-legged race with Ashlyn, my daughter. It was awesome, right? You know, we were at this county fair, and we stuck the big gunny sack in you know, our legs. And I mean, those things are hilarious. I mean, some dads really, really want to win. I mean, the kids I saw dragged, you know? I'm the dad's like, come on! And the kid's like, ah! They're just flailing around. Ashley and I won, by the way, which was awesome. <laughs> but, but here's, but, and, and here's the thing. And, and so sometimes we think, okay, the race, I gave my life to Christ. And now I am united with God. And God's inside me. But here's what's interesting. It's not like he tied our legs together with him and God's taken off and we just, you know, we're flailing with him. The only what keeps us in the race is love. It's love. And so God has now said, I love you, and you now know that. And and we say this. We have baptism actually coming up on on the 11th of September. We're going to do baptism. Classes are next week and the week after if you've never been baptized. Here's what baptism says. You once lived for yourself, and you don't do it anymore. You are finally set free from that, what the Bible calls sin, of living a life that's revolved around you. How many of you were here last week with my hot dog bun message, by the way? Okay, you guys remember. So if you live a life where everything is centered around you, and the person next to you is living a life where everything's centered around them, then we just, we just hit each other and beat each other up, and it's so frustrating. So God says, I want to set you free from that. I really do. And so the race, the race is literally a race of faith. Because now my life is united with God's. And here's the cool thing about God, you guys. He's moving. And he's working. And he's loving this world. And here's what happens when he says, he says, don't you know that when you were baptized, that you were now dead to yourself? You no longer live for yourself. You're dead to that. Instead, now you are alive to me. And what God, the race is, you and I saying yes to God and to loving the world that he loves. And so one way I thought about it is, is this. I said this last week. It's no longer living your life with his cooperation. <laughs> okay? Because that's what we really want to do. Man, I got a great plan for my life, God. And would you cooperate with me? Come on, I'm going to church. I'm reading my Bible. I'm worshiping. And that, it, it, so do you want your life with God's cooperation or do you want God's life with your cooperation? Do you want your life, his life, with your cooperation? See, that's the race. And what's wild, you guys, is this, is that every step of faith is a step in the race. 
every time you trust God and you say yes to God, you just took a step in the race. And every time we don't trust him and we do our own thing, then the race kind of stops. But one option you don't have is you're in a race. And so when Paul said this, and here, here's what's crazy to me, is, okay, so I'm living this race. I've linked my life with God. And now I'm going to live for what God actually lives for. What does God live for? What does he live for? He lives to love the world. He lives right now. God so loved the world. And now what's cool is he says what the church is supposed to be is a bunch of people who have now joined my race to love the world. See, God is out there, and what he wants to do is he wants to redeem everything that's lost. Everything that's lost, he wants to bring back to himself. Everything that's broken, he wants to heal it. He wants to restore. And so what he's saying is, so when you start to run the race, all of a sudden you're like, man, I used to live for me. And now this is cool because now God's going to help my life be great. And then what you realize is, oh, that's not the race. The race is I don't live for me anymore. Wait, wait, are, what? I don't live for me anymore? Exactly. Now you live for God. You live for God. And when you live for God, do you know what you live for? You live to love the world. And to let the world know that there's a God who's crazy about him. Every one of your neighbors, your coworkers, your friends, your family members is a person that God loves. And he wants so bad for them to know that he'll forgive them for everything they've ever done, that they don't have to try to be really good be so that God will love them. He so wants them to know, no, I'll just come to you right now the way you are. And we're the ones who are supposed to be doing that. That's the race. Paul put it this way in Acts chapter 20, verse 24. He said this. He goes, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Now, let me just, let me just stop here for a second because I know K2, we're so full of, which is what we want to be. In this room right now, we've got people all over the gamut in your, in your face. Some of you don't, are just don't believe in Jesus yet and you're trying to figure out what this whole thing's about. Well, this message probably is not geared directly towards you. So just listen to this one, though, because you'll know what the rest of us crazy people are all about. <laughs> okay? But I would encourage you to listen with these ears. God wants to set you free from yourself. More than anything else. The whole world falls apart. Because people live for themselves. And he wants to just set us free from that. Okay, so that's, that's the race. That's the kingdom of God. Is loving him and others. No longer for yourself, but for your other-centered and your God-centered. Okay, now for the rest of us who, who have fall, found Christ, what we need to understand is right there, Paul just says, I want to let you know, I consider my life worth nothing if I could just finish the race. So what's he really saying? If I could just finish walking with God every step of the way. Oh, man, if I could just, you know, Galatians 5, it says, since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. That's the race. 
I, I was praying about it this morning. I realized on this day, right, what's today, uh, the 14th of August? On this day, I'm going to have a chance to run the race or not today. I'm going to have the chance to trust God today or not trust God today. I'm going to have the chance to love every person he puts in my path or not love every person he puts in my path today. And I can run the race today or I cannot. But that's what Paul said. He goes, man, I want to finish that task. And here's the task. God wants to use me to make sure, because I'm good to go now for eternity. And God's with me and he wants to use me to make sure that every other person in this world can know God too. Now, here's what's crazy to me. He says what? He goes, run the race marked out for you. And the race marked out for you is literally just this. You guys. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the race. <laughs> Knowing me is the race. See, we want, okay, can you give me like five points, you know, on how to run the race? Um, that's what, you know, religion is. Religion was man trying to say, this is the race. Just do these things and follow these rules. And if you do, that's the race. And God's going, dude, that's so not the race. <laughs> you got to follow me. I'm the race. See, I know why this place isn't packed with people. Because people think the race is burdensome, and we're going to get to that in a minute. But even though it's not religious, what does he say? You have to run the race with, anybody? It's not up there right now, but anybody know? With perseverance. It takes perseverance. And here's what that word means. It's a steady determination to keep going. It's a steady determination to keep going. I was talking with my brother this summer, and we just realized, you know what, you guys, the reality is, That word right there is one we need to camp on as followers of Christ because there are so many, I think there are so many amazing things, supernatural things that we miss out on because when it got hard, we quit. I can't do it anymore. And right around the corner was something amazing. Can I just ask you, because all of you rose your hand, you all want to quit at some point. Why do you want to quit? What are, what are some of the things that rise up within us that make us want to throw in the towel, that, that cause us to lose heart? Doubt. Doubt. Absolutely. Shame. Shame. Okay, just you lose desire, right? Overwhelmed. overwhelmed. Anybody else overwhelmed? If you read my prayer journal, you see that word a lot. Thinking your way is better. Absolutely. Okay, not forgiving yourself. Lies from the enemy. Yeah, brother or sister, I think that was. Hey, what else? Exhaustion. It's just, it can just be tiring. Fear is a big one. Because I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm serious, man. Trying to actually walk with that God, not the one you make up in your mind, you know, because our God, like, he likes to go to Disneyland you know, in Disney World and go on vacation and give us big gifts. Hey, I love that God. And then you meet the real God. And this guy, he is out of control. Literally. And we want to control him. And he's out of control. And man, he takes you. That's why we call K2 an adventure with God. Because if you link your life with God, he will lead you in places where it's scary, where it will not be your will. It will not be your plan. And sometimes, as some of you said, sometimes we want to throw in the towel because we just don't feel God. You guys been there? Like, man, I, I felt God before, and it was awesome, and I just, I just don't feel him anymore. It's kind of the same thing that happens in marriage, right? I just don't feel it anymore. And so we decide we might just give up. 
And the same thing happens with God. And, I, and next thing you know, it's, man, the spiritual high, he gives us those, but sometimes they're so dangerous because we end up worshiping the spiritual high. And when that's gone, we're like, well, good I want to feel good, man. <laughs> so I'm going to go look for something else. The hardness of life, you know, the, the other thing is, you guys, sometimes we just want to give up. The shame thing was, because we fall a lot, right? Some of you are so new in your faith, and you just keep falling. Yeah, and, and you're just like, and then you beat yourself up, like, man, I just can't do this. I just want to say, have you ever seen a toddler? You know, I mean, and when you're a parent, and your toddler starts walking, what do you do? And he falls down? You know, you don't be like, come on, get back up! Get with the program! It's not like you're all frustrated with him. No, you're like, dude, nice try! That was awesome, and you pick them back up, and you love them. And some of you fall in the race, and you're like, like my, 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 one of my kids is so like that. It's like, God, I'm horrible. I'm horrible. I'm horrible. I, I, and I'm, I'm saying this mockingly, but I do this. I'm like, what a loser. I've been running for 26 years. I think I'd be better at this. And here's what you, you guys, the reality is, the lie, talk about the lies from the enemy. The lie from the enemy wants to keep you down in your shame. All right? Man, there's so many things. Here, here, I'll get to these later. All right, here we go. So there's lots of reasons. You guys know yours. Why you struggle to keep going in the race. Why you struggle to keep trusting God. Why you struggle to keep in step with the Spirit and keep running. Not living for yourself anymore, but living for what God has you to do. There's three things in this passage that I think can encourage us to keep running the race. And these you got to write down. Seriously, that's what I'm saying. If, you, if your life's great right now, write these down and be prepared. If you're struggling right now, write these down. They're huge. The first one is this. Three things that help us stay in the race. Number one is be... There we go again. All right. The first one is this. Be encouraged by others. That funny? Oh, the sound. I don't. I, I didn't do anything, so I don't know what's going on. Yeah. All right. Number one. Be encouraged by others. Um, if you look at chapter twelve, verse one, what it says is this: We are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. We are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Now, I remember the first time I read that, I thought what that meant was, like, again, Hebrews 11 is all these people in the Bible who did great things, and I thought they're all up in heaven and they're watching us, right? They're watching us, and, they're, and, and, and actually that's kind of creepy, I think, actually, if you figure out, because you're like, man, they're probably really disappointed, you know, as they're watching the race. That's not what this is about at all. When it says that they're witnesses, what they're witnesses to is not how we're doing, they're witnesses to God. These are people who went before us and they did it. Basically, when he says, man, you guys, we have a great cloud of witnesses, what he's saying is we have a great group of people who went before us and it'd be like sitting and they get up on the witness stand over and over again and they say, let me share my story. Let me share my story. Let me share my story. And you know what they want to say to us? You can do it. You can do it. Now, here's what's really important, though. That's not so much. So, so when you read their stories, and I, I, I want to really encourage you to read the stories. But when you read the stories, you guys, what you'll find is it's not so much about how great their faith was. It's about how great God's faithfulness was. 
And I'm telling you, if you're struggling, you can be encouraged, which means it can give you courage when you read the stories in the Bible and realize, oh my goodness, all these great people of the faith, their lives were hard. I mean, seriously, you know, when you look at some of these guys like Abraham or Joseph, right? Here's Joseph, the guy who did everything right, and every time he did what was right, everything fell apart. Anybody else feel like that? Right? And then it's what happens when you're doing, you know, come on, God, I'm worshiping you. Throw me a hot dog bun. And every time you do what God wants you to do, everything falls apart. I mean, I'm serious. You Are you not going to bag the faith and get out of the race? Not when you read Joseph, because you realize, oh my goodness, look at this. God had a total plan, and he used everything. David, who's my namesake, who I love, I mean, one of the things I love about him is I can't believe the stuff that he went through. And he's the one who wrote much of Psalms. And if you guys, I always tell people who are really struggling with their life, if you're doubting God, read the Psalms. Because in the Psalms, what you'll hear is David going, how long? Where are you? Have you forgotten about me? Do you not love me? He's just crying out to God. And then, he, but he always comes back to the place of, but trust you for you're my rock and so man if you're struggling you can be encouraged by the stories in the bible and what's amazing to me you guys is how quickly we give up i mean seriously things don't go well and we're like man this is forget it you read the stories in the bible those guys had years like more than you've ever been alive and they hung on and it can encourage you all right now not just the guys in the bible there's also the people for the last 2,000 years. For the last 2,000 years, the church is full of people who've been running an amazing race. Somebody said Mother Teresa in both services to me. That's a woman who ran an amazing race. And you can be encouraged by her story. There are autobiographies of all these people. And again, if you're just sitting there and you go, man, I don't know how to do it, read the people who've gone before you. And it's not only the people in antiquity, it's the people living right now. Did you guys know there's people running amazing races all over the world? I'm telling you, our brothers and sisters around the world are blowing us away in their faithfulness to God. And what's so cool is in the information age now, this is when the information age is good, you can hit, you can discover and read about anybody today in the world. And you can be encouraged. It can give you courage. There's amazing people in this country. I went to this conference called Q. It's just the letter Q. And it's, it was about 30 different presenters who only had nine minutes each. Check, check, check. Only had about nine minutes each to, who are literally changing the world. And they got up and one after another. And these are people in the business field and in arts and entertainment and uh, humanity and, and justice and uh, you name it. All, everything you do, people were there. And you read and you hear these stories and you realize, my goodness, people are running great races right now. And you know where else they're running great races? Right in this room. I mean, there are people at K2 who are running amazing races. And you guys, I, I just want to encourage you. you. One of the ways that you can keep running is you can find people in Scripture, in history, in the world today, and right in our own midst who are being faithful to God, who are keeping in step with the Spirit, who are persevering through really tough things. And when you see that happen, it can encourage your faith. All right? So, if you're struggling today, you got millions of stories that you could tap into to encourage you. That's the first one. Here's the second thing. If you want to run the race and you're struggling right now, Paul says, uh, get rid of the baggage. 
Get rid of the baggage. He says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. You guys, you know this too. I mean, man, when you watch people, especially in the Olympics now, and they're racing, I mean, do they, they hardly wear anything, right? And the, and the swimmers, I mean, it's like, okay, put on a something. You know, I mean, but literally they strip down so there's nothing that can hinder them from running their race. And so what Paul is saying is, do you guys know, here you are, you're trying to run this race with God, and you've got all these things hindering you. That word means a burden. You have burdens, you have weights that are causing you and keeping you from being free just to go for it. And you've got sin. And when there's sin in your life, it entangles you. You can't say yes, God, and say yes to sin at the same time. Did you guys know that? Like a lot of us, that's how we think we can work. It's like, I can totally be doing things that are out completely outside of God's plan for my life, and I can walk with him. And in First John, it says, um, can I just tell you, um, there's no fellowship. If you're walking God, in, in God, in him there is no darkness at all. He is light. And if you're walking in darkness, you cannot have fellowship with God. So some of you, I don't even need to say more about that. Because if you're a Christian, I mean, there's lists in here. If you, want, you, know, you can go to the Bible, you know, and there's like all these lists of things you shouldn't do. They're great. Um, but right now, you know things that are entangling you. And Paul says you've got to throw those things off. You've got to confess them, and you've got to get them out of your life. Now, again, if you fell, if you've fallen, if you're in the muck, the word that was mentioned earlier was shame, right? You need to remember Jesus Christ has forgiven you of everything you've ever done. Let him forgive you so you can get back up and run the race. The harder one to understand, you guys, are the hindrances. What are the hindrances? Because they're not sin, but there's some things that keep us from walking with God. Let me just give you four real quick, okay? Four, because they're right straight from Scripture. And I'm just going to go through them quickly. The first one is this. Can keep you from running a good race. It's religious burden. Religious burdens. Galatians 5, 7 says this. You are running a good race. Who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth? It's a great verse. You can see, man, you were running a good race. And then all of a sudden, someone just kind of came in and they cut right, right in on you. And they're, they're messing you all up. And what he says is, you guys know who the people were that were cutting in on him and kept him from running a good race? It was religious people. He goes, you guys, here's the deal. In, in Galatians, the whole book, if you struggle with this, read the book of Galatians. He's saying, you have been set free. And some of you right now believe that you need to do things. You need to add to this. You've got to do religious stuff. You've got to follow all the rules. And then once you follow all the rules, God will finally accept you and bring you into this. And you, some of you have religious traditions that you're struggling to break free from. And you just need to know right now, God has set you free. He wants you to run, not by rules and regulations, but by following his spirit. So that's the first one. Some of you need to just, and this is a learning deal, you need to figure out what are not true teachings from God. Because there's way too many people teaching a bunch of stuff that says you have to do these things first and then God will love you. And it's a message from the pit of hell that keeps you from being able to run. Second one is this. Some of you can't run well because you're out of shape. Okay? Anybody in here out of shape? 
<laughs> Lots of American hands go up. You know, and you know that. And the, it's, it's really a struggle, man. When you're physically out of shape and then you try to go run, you're like, oh my gosh, this is killing me. You know, your muscles and your diet, it's just so painful. And what Paul says is, there is a spiritual shape too. And some of you are trying to run a race, but you never exercise spiritually. Look what he says in, in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. He says, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize, run in such a way to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man aimlessly. I don't fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. I just read an article about Arian Foster, probably a name that means not much to you guys, but he, he won the NFL rushing uh, 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 last year in the NFL. And it said in there, because, and obviously, for Arian Foster, he's going to work out, right? Because why? Because, man, if I work out, I have a chance to be the best, to be all pro, to win a Super Bowl, and to make millions. <laughs> so he goes for it. In fact, when I read the article, he says, I have to tell myself to shut up. I love that quote. I have to tell myself to shut up. Because when he runs his sprints, by the time he's done, he literally lays down and is dizzy for 20 to 30 minutes afterwards. It's how hard he pushes himself. Now, we say that, and we go, well, of course, he has to. He's a football player. And he wants to make millions, so that's what you do. And what Paul says is, and he's willing to do that for a crown that just fades away. He goes, but we get a crown that lasts forever. He goes, so I put myself into strict training. And you know what? Some of you, literally, you're trying to be faithful to God, and you're trying to walk with him, and yet you never give yourself a chance to grow and to be stronger in your faith. Now, and, and, and I just I'm just going to go through some of the lists. I tell you guys all the time, it's like being in here is so critical. Training and learning how to hear the voice of God. And I know sometimes we look at that, okay, great, you tell me you got to read the Bible again. And it's like, you know, and it becomes this burden, another rule, right, for me to follow. I've got to read the Bible so God will love me. No, you read the Bible because he loves you. And this is why I try to tell you guys all the time. It's like there is such an opportunity for God to speak to you and to encourage you, to love on you, to give you direction for your life every single day. See, the, it's, it's people who get into his word over and over and over and over again that find themselves stronger so that when he asks you, asks, asks you to take a step of faith, you can do it. And prayer is the same thing. We're giving worship and thanks to God to remember how good he is is huge. Serving is another one. For somebody, again, it's not about yourself, and sometimes you just need to have the discipline to say, you know what, I'm just going to give my life away. I'm going to serve. I put fasting in there, which is, I know it's crazy, but it's a great discipline that makes you say no to yourself. Just meeting together. You guys, all of these things are disciplines, and when you do them, they exercise your faith. So then when God says, hey, do this for me, you're stronger and you can go for it. All right? So, burdens. Religious burdens, being out of shape. The third one is just the love of money. Again, straight from Scripture, 1 Timothy 6 says this. 
People who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, and some people eager for money have wandered from the faith, there it is, and they've pierced themselves with many griefs. Money in itself is not evil. In fact, money in the hands of God is awesome. It's just the love of it. And some of us, I don't, even, I don't even need to say much about this one either, but you know you're trying to be faithful to God and the lure of money and possessions is causing you to live for yourself instead of being free to live for God. Last one is this, and somebody mentioned it earlier. It's lies. It's lies. You guys, one of the biggest hindrances, and I know for me, one of the biggest hindrances to be able to run the race is we believe lies that are not true about God and about ourselves all the time. I, I talked to a guy afterwards and prayed with him after the first service about, uh, and there's so many lies. Let me just tell you the biggest one, the biggest lie. The biggest lie is that God does not love you and that to get his love, you must perform right to get it. I'm telling you, if you believe that lie, you will forever struggle to run the race and you won't be free. The truth is, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have received pure forgiveness and are absolutely loved by God. And there's nothing you can do to lose that. And if you doubt God's love for you, you will not want to run the race that he has set, marked for you because you won't trust him. You won't really know that what he has for you is the best. And there are so many lies that the enemy does in every one of you to make you doubt that God really loves you. There's a race, and we got to run it. It's marked out for us. The race is us keeping in step with Jesus, taking, trusting him in everything that he asks us to do, and living our lives for somebody else and not for ourselves. So, be encouraged by other people who run the race. And secondly, make sure you throw off the sin in your life and the, hinder, the things that hinder you. And then the last thing he says is this. And then fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. This must be an important point because he doesn't want you to hear it. <laughs> Consider Christ, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. He persevered. And why did he persevere? The Bible tells us because there was joy set before him. And all I want to say about this one, you guys, is this. What we forget is we think that this life is what it's all about. And one thing Jesus knew was this is a really short time of period. I'm going to be down here on this earth. And so I'm going to give everything I've got while I'm down here because then I'm going home. And when I go home, it's going to be really, really good. And you know what the joy was before him? He was, and I'm taking a bunch of people with me. When I go home, there is going to be such a party for eternity, and I want as many people at that party as possible. And then he says, you know what? And I'm not done yet. And now I've asked you to join my race 
to go and help every single person know. Bring as many people to the party as you can. Give your life to that. Because for the joy set before you, and you guys, just remember again, the only joy that's going to matter to us someday is that for eternity, we're sitting with the people that we love. That's it. And so because Jesus knew, I'm going to tend to, I want to spend as much time as I can, he gave it all, and he ran the race his father marked out for him, gave his life up on the cross to make sure that forgiveness could be for every person because he knew he'd get to hang out with us forever. And I'm going to tell you, man, you know it was in the garden right then when he did not want to do it. He wanted, seriously, Jesus wanted to give up in that moment. He said, God, I don't want to do this if there's any other way. You guys ever been there? See, that's when you're starting to lose heart. and You go, God, I just don't want to do this. This is too hard. I just want to do And I'm telling you, Jesus persevered. Why? Because the joy set before him. And man, if nothing else encourages you, remember where you're going. I, I told my girls that. I go, you guys, this long trip we did, that was like time on earth. And then eventually we came home. And when you die, you're going home. And the only thing that's going to matter is that you've given him everything that you had to walk with him as he loved the world through you. That's why K2 exists. That's why we're going to live our life the way we are. And you guys, that's the race. Don't give up. Don't give up. It's the only thing that's going to be worth it someday. So as the band comes up with us, uh, up today to, to end our time in worship, I just want to encourage you to sit and just, and, and here's your moment right now to sit before God and say, God, would you just be honest with God during this time? See, Lord, you know my heart. I need to be encouraged. I need to be reminded. I need to throw some things off right now. The first song is, God, I'm just going to surrender. Take everything from me. I just want to surrender everything so I can run the race. I'm going to throw everything that hinders. I'm going to throw away my sin. And then I'm going to follow you. That's the race. I'm going to keep in step with you and do everything you've asked me to do.